Hello, this is Peggy Joyce Ruth. Welcome to our podcast and hope you enjoy this teaching. I hope you were here last week to get in on part one. We said that there were three approaches to the mind. Number one, the world's approach says develop your mind, develop your intellect, because knowledge is power. And so if we get more knowledge, then we're automatically going to have power over our circumstances. Now, next, we looked at the satanic world's approach to the mind, and they focus on the mind, but they do it also through this soulish power and mind power, and they go into a supernatural power through the soulish realm. Now, the mind is Satan's battleground, and that is his initial inroad to get to us. Now, God contacts our spirit man, everything else, the world at large, the satanic world, every other religion in the world, they all teach us how to control with our mind. But Christianity alone now teaches you not to control with your mind, but how to control your mind with the Word of God. And that, in turn, is going to change your circumstances. Now, the difference between controlling your mind and controlling with your mind is the difference between victory and success. That's how important it is. Now, the reason the Bible teaches us to get in control of our mind and to discipline our mind is because if we're not the one controlling our mind, then Satan is. So it's going to be one or the other. Now, Satan's trap is to try to get us in one of these four areas. And I think you're going to find that you've probably been in at least one of these areas at least at some point in your life. But number one, there are people who are tormented by compulsive thoughts. Now, compulsive thinking always comes from the enemy. Now, I think everyone, if they'd be honest, have had some compulsive thoughts that they've had to deal with. You know, it may have been some doubts. It may have been some fears. And maybe those doubts and fears keep reoccurring, and they'll bring discomfort. Maybe it's the fear of something happening to one of your children. Or maybe it's the fear of the loss of security. Or some people fear uh, having some dread disease come upon them. See, people are so plagued by fears many times that it goes beyond discomfort, and it literally is a torment. But everyone has a fear of some kind that brings some degree of discomfort when it passes through the mind. And maybe you've experienced that. So number one, God's wanting us to control our mind to get victory over any tormenting compulsive fear thoughts. Then number two, there are people who have lost control of their thinking through hopelessness. You know, maybe they've lost their job or maybe they're having marital problems or maybe they have some extreme sickness that they're already dealing with or some extreme financial problem and they're just obsessed with the problem and that's all they can think about. So they've lost control of their mind because they're just obsessed with how they can work out this problem. You know, what they can do, mulling over what they can do to fix it. Now, the mind is in control when that's happening and the spirit's out of control because of this hopeless situation. And then number three, they're the ones who are addicted to a habit. Now compulsive habits can include anything from drinking to cigarettes to soap operas to overeating to pornography to whatever, these different kinds of habits. This number three group needs to get to the point where they can control their mind so that they're not under bondage to these habits. Then number four, there are those who are in lethargy. They're in complacency. They have an undisciplined mind. And maybe you can identify that. You know, maybe you can't discipline your mind to pray or to read the Bible. 
Or maybe you can't discipline your mind to concentrate on anything for very long at a time. Now, if we're honest, we're going to find ourselves in at least one of those four areas. Compulsive fear thoughts, a hopeless situation, the addiction problem, or the inability to concentrate. And any one of these is reason enough for us to learn God's approach to the mind and how we can get in control of our thinking. Now, I'm going to be giving you a biblical secret for learning how to control your mind. And it's very simple, but we've always found out that God's answer is so simple. His ways are always simple. Now, we said last week that man is a trone being. He's three parts. He is spirit, soul, and body. I want you to stay with me for just a minute. You're a spirit. You don't possess a spirit. You are a spirit being. Now, your spirit man possesses a soul. That means that your spirit man possesses a mind, will, emotions. See, your mind does not possess a spirit. Your spirit possesses a mind because you are a spirit. Now, it's very important for us to see the difference because your mind is not you. We're so into our mind that sometimes that's almost like, that feels like that's me. But your mind is not you. Your spirit is you. The mind is just simply a computer that is given to your spirit man as a good gift. And it's a gift for your spirit man to use. Now, your spirit man has also been given a physical body to house it so that it can make contact with this physical world. And that's why you have a physical body. But your physical body is not you. You're not a physical being. You are a spirit being. See, the physical body is what gives your spirit man eyes to be able to see in the natural realm. It gives you ears to be able to hear, sensory nerves, so you can feel in the natural and the ability to taste and the ability to smell. Now, your physical body is a good gift created by God and given to you so that you can get around and function in this physical world. Our spirit man would have a hard time if we didn't have our physical body. So it's a good gift, but it's your earth suit. It's so that you can function in this world. Now, through the fall of man, man lost sight of the fact that he was a spirit being. As time went on and generations passed, he lost sight of the fact that he was spirit who had a physical body and a mind and emotion as equipment to use. Now, Satan deceived and man began to see himself as a physical being. And so many times, people today, they see themselves as a physical being or they see themselves as an intellectual being or they will see themselves as an emotional being, but they don't see themselves as a spiritual being. And so the more that man began to operate out of his reasoning and operate out of his emotions, the more man allowed the physical and the soulish realm to take over and get into control. And finally, the spirit man became subject to the physical and became subject to the soulish realm rather than vice versa. In other words, whatever the physical fleshly desires of the flesh were, well, I'm going to tell you what, that old physical fleshly desires got. You know, if our body hollered, well, we did whatever it wanted. If it hollered, we fed it or whatever. And it could be anything from sex to food or anything in between. If the emotions felt depressed or if the emotions felt real moody, well, then the emotions controlled. Now, the reason that we're focusing in on the mind is because all of these emotions and all of these desires are registered through the mind. 
through the computer that God gave to us. So therefore the mind took over and the mind sort of became the kingpin. It became the object of worship. The mind became Satan's whole thrust. That was his playground. That's his battlefield. That's where he conquers. Now Satan set his sights on the mind clear back as far as the garden. Because if you'll remember when he came to Eve, he tempted her with choosing knowledge rather than choosing life. And when she chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil over the tree of life, man fell. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ bought that all back. He bought back the power and authority. And now we have a choice. Now there's a choice involved. Now we have the choice to either continue to operate out of our mind, out of our reasoning, out of our intellect, which gives Satan free access to pass any thought he wants to through our mind, to pass any emotion that he wants to through our mind. It registers through the mind. To even get to our physical body, to our passions and to our lust by passing a thought through our mind. But see, we do have a choice. And we can stay there in the soulish realm or we can realize through the word of God by the witness in the spirit that we are a spirit being We've been bought back and we can decide now that I can operate through my spirit man now. I don't have to operate the way I've operated in the times past. I don't have to allow everything that just happens to come my way to go through my mind. Now I want you to notice in your soulish realm, there is mind, emotions, and there's a will. Now we've been taught a lot about the mind. We've talked a lot about emotions. But we really haven't been taught much about the responsibility of the will. Therefore, what we've done, we've allowed the will to just sort of just stand back and just go whichever direction the wind blows. See, Christians need to be taught the responsibility of the will because the will has the final say. And the will is what needs to be taken charge just like a parent. But for the most part now, the will has been sort of like a door that just stands wide open. And thousands of decisions are made every single day and they're passing through that open door. Good decisions and bad decisions. And we've never been taught that our will needs to stand up and take responsibility for choosing correctly on every single decision that comes down the pike. And when you stop during the day and notice how many decisions you're making, you're making thousands of decisions every day. And most of the time, we just make them. It's like an open door, and those decisions are just being made without our even stopping to, to even think it through. The will's not even involved. It's just an open door, and those decisions are just happening. Now, God gave us a will, and that's really the only thing, if you'll think about it, that we totally possess. It doesn't belong to God. It doesn't belong to Satan. It belongs to us. And we can do with our will whatever we choose. See, God made us a free agent by giving us a free will. And our will is the switch. Now, that's what I'm wanting you to put down. That's the secret, and I want you to stay with me. Have you ever been at a railroad station? You know, there's a switch, and they can literally, with that switch, they can switch the tracks. And that huge train is going to go wherever the switchman decides. See, that switchman, he can pull a switch, and he can cause the track to change and pull that whole train onto a side rail, or if he chooses, he can pull the switch and he can pull that train right into the station. Or he can pull a switch that allows that train to bypass the town and go right on through. But that train will go wherever the switchman has switched the tracks. 
Well, our will is our switch. And it can literally switch us into the physical realm to be governed by our physical body, to be governed by pain, to be governed by our passions or our lusts. Or our will can switch us into the soulish realm to be governed by our mind, by our reasoning. Or it can switch us into the emotional realm where we're governed by maybe hurts or anger or other emotions that we have. And whatever we choose is going to be registered through our computer. It's going to be registered through our mind, whatever choice we make. But it's still our free will that is the control switch that God has given to each one of us that determines where we're going to operate. We can choose which realm we're going to operate in. Now, with some people, they've been operating in one of these different areas, maybe in the physical realm or in the soulish realm, and they've done it by default because their control switch has been switched onto the physical body and they don't even know it. You know, they've been going by how their body feels, the pains they have, and they've done it so long they don't even know that their will is just letting everything register through the physical realm. Or some people have had the switch just turned on to their emotions and it's been that way for so long they don't realize that their moods have determined everything in their life. Hosea 4.6 tells us, God says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And that door's been standing open so long that they don't even know it. They have a lack of knowledge. But God's revealing his word and he's saying that the truth is what's going to set us free. And the truth is that you can choose by an act of your will to switch over into the spirit man and you can choose to operate there. Now, God's not going to make you do it. You know, he's given you the freedom to choose. And Satan's certainly not going to tell us that we have that choice because if we switch over into the spiritual realm, he's going to lose control. And he has no control over the Christian spirit. His only access is through the mind. So that's why he tries so hard to keep us operating there. But you have control over that switch. The switch is your will. And you can switch it into the physical realm or into the soulish realm, or into the spirit realm. It is your choice. The Lord brought this home to me so vividly. The last pickup that Jack had, had two gasoline tanks. And I thought that when you used all the gas out of one of them, I thought it automatically switched over to the other tank. So when I got down almost to empty, I was expecting any moment for it to just fill up again, switch over into the other tank and fill up, and I could go on my way. Well, it didn't work that way, and I ran out of gas, and Jack had to come, and he said, why didn't you just switch it over? And I said, I didn't know I, I was supposed to. I thought it did it automatically. So he showed me the little switch under the dashboard that when I ran out of gas or got low in one tank, I could just twist that switch, and it was so much fun to watch it go from empty all the way to full again. So I was looking at that, and I was just marveling at how wonderful this was to have that other gas tank there. And the Lord began to show me that just exactly like I expected that gas tank to switch over automatically, we're expecting our ancestors to just switch into our spirit man automatically, and we don't. There is a switch, and it is the will, and we have to make that choice. And that's just exactly the way that the will works. By an act of our will, we can move ourselves back and forth between these three realms, between physical, soul, and spirit. I want to give you an example, but first let's analyze the nature of the enemy that we're fighting. And then we'll know why the mind is such an important factor in this fight. 
we need to realize, first of all, that every demon spirit operates first as a thought. Now, that's going to really help you if you'll remember that every demon spirit operates first as a thought. I don't care whether it's doubt or fears or hate or jealousy or strife or whatever it is. All of these demonic assignments will come to you first in the form of a thought. Okay, how did the assignment of doubt first come to Eve? It came as a thought. You know, God had spoken to her and he had said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you'll die. Okay, Satan put a thought in her mind and he said, surely God doesn't mean that. You're not going to die. And as she began to think on that thought, then she decided, no, I'm not going to die. That's ridiculous. As she thought on that, finally it turned into an action. But it came through the doorway of the thought first. It came as a thought. You know, the scriptures tell us that Judas had a thought enter his mind. Some of your translations will say it entered his heart. But thought entered. So even the crucifixion, his idea of denying and betraying Jesus came through the form of a thought. Ananias and Sapphira, they didn't just all of a sudden one day just lie about to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the money. It came first as a thought and then they mulled over it and then they made a decision by an act of their will. Now, negative thoughts are placed in the mind by the enemy, and they don't lay dormant for long. They're placed there in order for them to take root and grow. Now, a negative thought will often start out so subtly that you don't even realize it's there. You know, so many times, Satan will just slip a little negative thought, and it'll be way back in the back of our mind, and we don't even pay any attention until we've been thinking on it for a while. I've had people come in for counseling, and... One particular lady said, you know, my husband doesn't seem to care about me like he used to. Well, as we talked, it had just come from a thought that just happened to come in her mind one day. It wasn't anything that had happened. One day, the thought just passed through her mind. You know, I don't believe my husband cares about me as much as he used to care about me. And as she thought on that, it began to take root and it began to grow. And it was about to have some devastating results in the marriage if it had been left there. You know, I've had people say, you know, I don't have any feelings for my mate anymore. I love them, but I'm just not in love. Well, that is a subtle thought at first, but if they leave it there, it's going to take root. And finally, there'll be another thought and another thought until divorce comes into the picture. Now, any one of those thoughts left unconquered will take root and they will grow until we suddenly realize, hey, that is not my thought. Where did that come from? And the moment we start asking ourselves, where did that come from? And we realize that it's coming from the enemy, we'll start doing something about it. See, it's Satan's trick to try to make us think that those thoughts are coming from us. And that's why those thoughts always come in the first person. You know, the enemy doesn't come to us and say, you're going to get sick. The thought comes, you know, I'm getting symptoms on my body. I think I'm fixing to get sick. I think I'm going to be really sick. It always comes in the first person. Satan is a master. The mind is his battlefield. You know how many of you have been right in the middle of your prayer time and things were going so well and all of a sudden a little subtle thought came. You didn't even realize the thought came and pretty soon your mind was 2,000 miles away from prayer. You know, that happens to all of us. Demon spirits are masters at suggestion. Now, suggestion will come many times and what it will do, it will trigger our thinking and it'll take us in a direction that we wouldn't have gone on our own. See, Satan couldn't tempt us if he didn't have access to the mind. Every temptation comes first in the form of a thought. 
Now, we think just because something appears in our mind during our prayer time, many times we'll think either that it's coming from us or it's coming from God, when that's not necessarily so, because Satan is triggering those thoughts to take us in those areas. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it is coming from the enemy. Now, how many times have things been running along smoothly and all of a sudden someone will get disgruntled and over something that hadn't even bothered them the day before? And all of a sudden they're causing strife and they're doing a lot of talking that they shouldn't do? Well, if you ask them what happened to cause them to stir up all this discontentment, if you'll notice their answer many times will be, well, I got to thinking. You'll notice, I just got to thinking that they went home and the thinking started and finally it grew, it took root and it began to grow. Now, God does not speak to us in our mind. Satan does. God speaks to us in our spirit man and then it comes up and it registers in the mind. See, Satan works from the outside in and God works from the inside up and then out. And God speaks to us in the form of a knowing. When God speaks, it's just something you just kind of know down on the inside. Now, a lot of people who think that they're hearing God, they've really never heard God because they've never been trained to get out of their mind and over into their spirit man. They've never been trained to use their will to switch from the soul, from the mind, into the spirit. If you'll make a game out of this until it catches on, you're going to find that this can be the most beneficial thing that you've ever done for yourself. Let's say that a feeling of maybe anger or frustration begins coming and that little thought is there, or maybe you just have a feeling, you're just irritated about something. Okay, just stop and ask yourself, where am I operating? Where is the switch? See, you've switched into the soulish realm when you're operating out of your negative emotions. You can know automatically you're in the soulish realm. Okay, how do you switch back into the spirit? Okay, it's your will that does the switching. So by an act of your will, you simply choose to do what God's word says to do. And the moment that you choose to do what God's told you to do, you're automatically back in the spirit realm again. It may be to choose to forgive, or it may be to choose to send love and mercy, or to pray for someone, or maybe to do warfare. God may be telling you to quote the word. Whatever it is, if you do what God's told you to do, then you've made a choice by an act of your will and now you're operating in the spirit. Let's say fear comes over something that might happen to one of your children. Okay, what realm are you operating in? Okay, you're operating again in that soulish realm. How do you switch back into the spirit? Remember, your will is your switch. Okay, you switch back over by simply choosing by an act of your will to just believe what God's word says began to quote Psalm 112, verse 7. Lord, I thank you that I'm not going to fear evil tidings because my heart is steadfast. I'm trusting in you. Lord, according to Psalm 91, I'm not going to fear destruction. You said no evil would befall me, nor would plague or calamity come near my household. And as you choose to believe that more than you believe that negative thought or that negative emotion of fear, then you have moved yourself. By an act of your will, you've switched yourself back into the spirit realm. And you don't have to feel it. You know, feelings are in the emotional realm. And when you choose by an act of your will to do what God's word has told you to do, you've switched yourself into the spirit. And if you'll stay there and continue operating there, your feelings will eventually follow suit. They'll follow wherever you decide to go. But let's say that you've taken authority over it and you've gotten in the spirit realm and you've quoted the word and you've gotten your peace back 
And then 24 hours later, you began to dwell on those mind thoughts again. And all of that fear begins to come back. Okay, just stop and ask yourself, where am I operating again? Okay, you're operating in the soulish realm again. You're operating in your mind, in your emotions. So use your switch and switch back into the spirit realm again by choosing once again to believe the word, to act on the word, and you're back in the spirit realm again. And for a while, you're going to feel just exactly like a yo-yo going back and forth between the spirit realm and the physical realm and the spirit realm and the soulish realm. But if you're determined with everything in you that you are not going to operate in the soulish realm when there's negative emotions, negative thoughts coming, if you determine by an act of your will that you are not going to operate there, then you're going to find yourself living in the spirit realm more and more often. But it's going to take a change of lifestyle. It's going to take a change of habit. And that takes a little bit of effort at first, but it's so worth it. And the fringe benefit is that your mind and your emotions will begin to become renewed. Let me give you another example. Maybe you've really been fighting some symptoms in your physical body and you're beginning to get discouraged and you think, oh my goodness, nothing's working and hopelessness begins to come in. Okay, always stop and ask yourself. It will help when you say to yourself which realm you're operating in. There's something about recognizing it and declaring it that will help you make the choice to get out of it. And so when you realize that you've switched into the physical realm, you've switched into the soulish realm, then you switch back into the spirit realm by your will. Your will is the switch. By choosing to believe the word. What does the word say? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. The word is health and medicine. He heals all of my diseases, according to Psalm 103. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm not going to be disappointed. And you begin to do this by an act of your will. And as long as you choose to believe that, then you've put yourself back over in the spirit realm, regardless of feeling, regardless of the thoughts that are bombarding your mind, regardless of the symptoms that are hitting your physical body. And it will eventually change the circumstances. That's why God's wanting us to operate in the spirit. As we begin, as we develop a habit and change our lifestyle, we're going to see circumstances change. Now, the only time that you're going to switch back is when you've decided not to believe the word again, when you've allowed those fears and those negative emotions to come back on you. Whatever you're choosing to believe determines where you are, whether you're in the soulish realm, whether you're in the physical realm, or whether you're in the spiritual realm. And you say, well, where does faith come in? Well, faith is not anything mystical. Faith is simply a choice. See, you're either exercising faith to believe God or you're exercising faith to believe the enemy. And that's all in the world faith is. The Bible says, bid unto you according to your faith. And that can be negative or that can be positive faith. Now, the God kind of faith is simply the choice to switch into the spirit realm and believe God's word by an act of your will. And that's what the God kind of faith is. And if we believe that, it's just as simple as that. You know, we try to make faith something that's hard to attain, but it's not. It's very simple. It's a choice. Now, the only thing that makes it hard is the fact that we formed a habit of being influenced by our emotions and by our mind, by the thoughts that bombard our mind. And we've been influenced by that more than we've been influenced by the word. And so it's just like any other compulsive habit. Some people have to really deal with smoking and drinking and bad language and all that. Okay, see this as a habit. We formed a habit of believing Satan more than we've believed God and break that habit by just simply switching back 
into the spirit realm over and over and over until you begin to abide there. Now, Paul tells us in Galatians 5.16, you can look it up later, but he said, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Okay, I want you to think about what he's saying. Why is he able to say that if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh? Well, it's because the desires of the flesh take place in the physical realm and in the soulish realm. That's where the desires of the flesh take place. So if we're walking in the spirit, then we're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh because if we're in the spirit, those the desires of the flesh are back in the soulish realm. They're in the physical realm. Okay, are we saying then that the physical realm and the mind realm and, and our feelings, are we saying that they're evil, they're something to be avoided? No, we're just simply saying they need to be renewed. Now, here's the goal that we're aiming for. The reason why we want our mind and our emotions renewed is so that body, soul, and spirit will begin to act as one. Just as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit act as one. If you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. Okay, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. They act as one. Our objective is to come to the place where our mind, our will, and our emotions have been so renewed to the Word of God that they act just exactly like our spirit man. So that no matter which realm we're in, it's all the same. The mind, the will, the emotions, the physical body are all being totally controlled by the spirit. Now, the one who can't make his mind switch over into the spirit is a slave to Satan just as much, if not more so, than someone that's in chains or in prison. See, real slavery starts in the mind. See, if I can't switch my thoughts and if I can't go over into the spiritual realm in the area of, say, sickness or bitterness or hatred or whatever, I'm going to be sick. If I can't control thoughts of inferiority and come to the place where I switch over into the spirit realm and believe who I am in Christ Jesus because of what the word said, then I'm going to act inferior. You know, if a person can't control thoughts of lust or, or can't control those thoughts of thinking that they're not in love with their mate any longer, then they're going to have a marriage that's headed for destruction. The one who cannot make his mind switch from negative emotions and negative thoughts over into the positive thoughts based on the word of God will remain in slavery to those thoughts. And they'll be as much in slavery, if not more so, than that person that's behind bars because the real slavery is in the mind. You know, if you'll remember Paul and Silas, they were in prison, they had been beaten and put in the inner dungeon, but they were free. Because no one could enslave their mind because they were operating in the spirit. No one, including Satan, can hold your mind in bondage because God gave you the key. He gave you the switch. And we can't blame anyone else because the key then, the switch has been given to us. You know, I talked with this lady that had been prayed for and she had gotten a miraculous healing from the pain of arthritis. And all the pain had left and she was so impressed and she was so excited. But several months later, I ran into her, and she told me that it had been a false alarm. She said, all the arthritis has come back. And she said, you know, even the day that I was being prayed for, I really knew it wasn't going to last. I've been expecting it to return. And I thought, you know, she was expecting it to return. She was into her reasoning. She was operating in the soul realm, and she never switched over into the spirit realm. She stayed in that soulish realm. She was in wrong thinking, and 
finally the circumstances lined up with that wrong thinking. Now she's just a little more honest than most because a lot of people are into this entertaining all these subconscious thoughts in the soulish realm. And they expect the situation to get bad, but they're just not as honest as this lady was. They, they just don't admit it. But those mind thoughts, if they're there, even if the person's not voicing, if those mind thoughts are there, those are tangible substances in the spiritual realm, and eventually it's going to bind up the situation, and it's going to attract the negative instead of the positive to them. It's going to be just like a magnet, and it'll pull that negative in. Now, Hosea 4.6 doesn't just say that we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. It also says that we're destroyed for rejecting that knowledge. And God is giving us knowledge. He's given us knowledge in the Word of God on how to think. But we're going to have to come to a place where we don't reject that knowledge if we want to change our circumstances, if we want to come into that place of walking in the Spirit where we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Now, we can change our circumstances, but it's going to come by changing our thinking, accepting the knowledge that God has placed in the Word of God, putting it to work, because it will work. Okay, now, we've talked about reprogramming our mind and exchanging the old for the new and exchanging the negative for the positive based on the Word of God. But there's another part to controlling the mind, and that's simply for us to begin to program in the right information in the first place. Information that doesn't have to be reprogrammed. Now I'm assuming that all of us are spending some quiet time and some Bible study time every day. You know, even if you feel like you don't have but 15 minutes, don't let a day go by that you don't have your prayer time and, and your Bible study time with the Lord because that's so important. But other than your scheduled in quiet time, I want you just to think for just a moment, what is it that occupies your thinking during the day. Think about that for just a moment. While you're washing dishes or while you're driving your car, or maybe you're waiting on someone, what do you do in your spare thinking time? You know, Joshua 1.8 says that if we want to be successful, we're going to have to meditate on the Word day and night. Okay, it's our choice. It's our choice, what we're programming into our mind during our leisure thinking time. And remember, Jesus is a silent listener to every thought. Do you realize how prone we are to filling our quiet thinking time every day with noise? You know, we're so programmed to doing that. We think we have to have a radio going, or we think that we have to have the TV going. I've had so many people say, well, I don't really watch the TV. I just leave it on for company. I found myself, you know, maybe just keeping some noise going. But that's a deception of the enemy. We need to come to a place where we don't program our mind into thinking that we've got to have some noise to fill up those quiet moments. Allow yourself to have the quiet time and begin to practice just concentrating in on the Lord. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on this earth. And it can even be good things that we're using for noise. But that's still not going to take the place of giving yourself some time during the day when you just have time to meditate and just think on the things of the Lord. Practice. The Bible tells us to practice. Practice picturing yourself in the throne room just communing with God. Practice that. Practice disciplining your mind to think on different portions of Scripture. Practice disciplining yourself to 
imagining yourself operating in the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The imagination is not wrong. It's created by God. It's just vain imaginations that are wrong. So allow yourself to imagine yourself and thinking what it would be like and begin to say, Lord, I want that. And begin to picture yourself operating in prophecy, operating in laying your hands on the sick and seeing them get well. Practice thinking about how wonderful it would be to lay your hands on the sick and see them immediately rise up healed and instant healing. Play out in your mind those times when you're faced with a decision and what choice you're going to make to believe the word. Practice choosing to switch out of the physical and out of the soulish over into the spirit realm. See, according to Hebrews 5.14, God tells us that we're to practice and as we practice, we're going to learn to discern between good and evil, discern between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. So just begin to notice what's occupying your thinking time. You know, when King David walked on the roof and looked down and saw Bathsheba, if he had been practicing keeping his mind on the Lord and on the things of God, that temptation would never have been able to overtake him. But he didn't switch out of the soulish realm, out of the physical realm, into the spirit realm. And he got into sin. Bundy, the guy who was executed for the mass sex murders, he said that he opened himself up to these sins through pornography. He said that he would get into the pornography and when he didn't have anything in the natural to look, like, he, look at, he said that he would remember those pictures in his mind. See, he was living in the soulish realm and he never switched over to the spirit. Okay, what are we thinking about all day long? Because we can look at an extreme case like that and we can say, you know, that's bad. But what are we doing? Maybe it's not that extreme, but we need to ask ourselves, what am I thinking about all day long during my thinking time? Enoch walked with God. He stayed, switched into the spirit realm. He meditated on the things of God. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever things are true and honest and pure and lovely and of good repute, he said, let your mind dwell on those things. In other words, program those good things in. Godly meditation is going to bring creativity. Now, I need to just mention one hindrance. Anytime a person has a problem with their self-image, if you have a problem with your attitude about yourself, it's going to be hard for you to stay switched into the spirit realm until you change your opinion about yourself, until you begin to think of yourself as the Word of God describes you. Now, the Word of God tells us who we are in Christ Jesus, but we have to come to a place where we believe that more than some of the things that we've been believing. Now, our mental feelings have been accumulated through the years and, you know, things that we've heard people say about us, things that we've assumed that they thought about us, maybe just subtle thoughts, I'm fat or I can't do that or I'm not as good as somebody else. And it's our mental interpretation of things that have happened. But no matter how wrong our interpretation may be, it's going to still register into us as truth as long as we're interpreting ourselves that way. And it's going to keep us operating in the soulish realm without our even knowing it. Now, if you happen to be one that's fighting in this area and you're having trouble with a low self-esteem, there's a book in the library called Telling Yourself the Truth by Bacchus. And it really helps because it's necessary to get this area straightened out. And you will believe whatever it is that you tell yourself. Now these negative and distorted thoughts 
about oneself and about other people and things. That's what holds our mind then in bondage and they're coming from the enemy. And James calls it demonic wisdom. In James 3.15, he says that's demonic wisdom, the things that we have there. Now you've been given possession of the switch and that's the secret. And it's either going to leave you in slavery or that switch can set you free when you choose to switch over into the spirit realm. But the choice is ours. Father, I thank you that you've made a way for us to be totally free. You've made a way, Father, for us to be able to operate in the spirit by choosing to believe your word, choosing to operate in your word. And Father, I thank you that as we do that, you are renewing and you're washing our mind and you're washing our emotions and you are bringing us into submission, into subjection to our spirit man. Father, help us to come back to the place where we see ourselves not as a physical being, not as a, an intellectual being, but where we come to the place where we see ourselves as the spiritual being that you created us to be. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that it was never your will for us to see ourselves as defeated or have a, a low self-esteem. Father, I thank you that in Christ Jesus, we can be all that you've called us to be and we can do all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Please share this teaching with anyone you think it would minister to. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org.